Hey everyone, welcome to the Tulia Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to give online, see upcoming events, or view our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. Amen. Praise God. Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing well? Father God, we love you. I'm thankful for your grace. I'm thankful for all you're doing in our lives and that your hand is on us in Jesus' name. And everybody said? I have said this to you before. I personally really love this time of year. I love the changing of the year. And I love how this year, we're not only leaving a year, we're leaving a decade. Uh, Tonight at Trinity, Chuck Pierce is going to talk about that, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. And if you've been around Toya Christian Fellowship for very long, one of the things that we do here at the end of each year is we take time to write down what we're thankful for, and then we take time to write down what we'd like to see God do in our lives this next year. And we've been doing it around here for several years, and I have many of those cards in a file. I know a lot of you have cards from the past. Well, at the conclusion of our service this morning, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to do that again this morning. So the first thing I'd like to do is just talk to you and encourage you about being thankful. Uh, you know, the last 10 years in my life, God has done some really good things. And then there's also been hurt. There's been tragedy. There's been heartache. Uh, I bet everybody in this room could say the very same thing. You've had some amazing times, and then you'd have, you've had some things happen to you or maybe in your family that you think, man, uh, th- those were some tough times. And so I want to encourage you in the area of being thankful, okay? The Bible says to not worry about anything, but pray about everything. Then it says to make your requests known to God with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. And then it says the result of that will be peace. So the Bible's asking us, God is asking us to not worry, but to pray and to be thankful. A few weeks ago, I took a whole Sunday and I talked about being thankful. And I wanted to just take a few moments. You guys did such a good job. You remember we put the butcher paper up out on the hall and uh, you guys wrote down what you were thankful for. And in just a couple of weeks, you completely filled it up. It's something that I want to do every year. And next year, I want to put up a bigger paper because we need a bigger one because you fill that one up really quick. And so I'm grateful for your thankfulness. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you a chance for you to write down what you're thankful for. Let me just remind you of some things that we found out. Gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. It's the healthiest of all human emotions. They have found out that when you're grateful, now these are scientific studies. This this is not just the Bible. This is a scientific study that when you're grateful, that it changes your brain chemistry in a positive way. There's a part of your brain called the hypothalamus, 
And when you're thankful, it releases a chemical called dopamine, which is a feel-good chemical in your body, and it makes you feel better, and it elevates your mood by being thankful. Now, as they've continued this study, here's some other things they found out. They found out that it improves your mental health and that it can reduce depression. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that amazing. Okay, if you want to elevate your mood, if you want to improve your mental ability, if you want to uh, rewire your brain in a positive way, all you simply have to do is decide to be thankful. Listen to the next one. They've done studies that it reduces physical pain. Now, I know a lot of people have pain in their bodies. A lot of people do. And when you can find, I'm not saying be thankful for the pain, okay? But when you can find something in your daily life that you're grateful for, you're thankful for, it reduces pain. The next one is they have found out is that it improves sleep. It improves sleep. Now, you may sleep great. Okay, I sleep, I sleep like a rock. When my head hits that pillow, I, in about a minute or two, I'm asleep. And the next thing I know, the alarm's going off and it's time to get up. And I wonder, where did it, where'd it go? All right? Uh, I don't sleep that. I, I sleep great. Vicki does not always sleep that great. She can wake up some at night. But they've done studies that if you're thankful, it improves your sleep. Here's the next one. It helps overcome trauma. Now, they've done studies in the military of men and women who've been through trauma, through combat, through war experiences. They come back, and they have issues that go along with that. And they've actually done studies that as you're allowing yourself to be thankful and to be grateful, it can actually reduce trauma in your life. Now, I've not been in the military, but I have experienced trauma. Now, I'm not saying that I've experienced the level of trauma that men and women in the military have, but I've had trauma. And I know probably many of you in here, in one way or another, you've experienced trauma. And they have found out that when you're grateful, it reduces the effects of that in your life. Then the last one is they've done, they've found out that it improves your self-esteem. You feel better about you. You feel better about your situation. You feel better about your circumstances just by simply making a decision to have gratitude and be thankful. So in just a few moments, we're going to hand you out a card with the date on it, and we're going to give you an opportunity to think back this last year and take a few moments and write down some things that you're thankful for. Now, let me turn the page. And let me shift gears, and let me talk to you about the next thing you'll be asked to do. Then the next thing we do is we're going to look forward into 2020. And we're going to take a few minutes and write down what you'd like to see God do in your life in the coming year. Now, let me tell you something. You can read books. They've done studies on the power of goal setting. And it doesn't even include God. I mean, you can go online, you can go to the bookstore, and you can look up, you can Google online uh, goal setting, and there are hundreds and hundreds of books that you can buy that will tell you almost about the miracle working power of setting goals in your life. Now, we're going to take that a step further. It's not so much about setting goals, but we're going to involve God in it. 
And here's what I do every year, and I know many of you do it. God, I'd like to see you move in my life this next year. Now, maybe it's your business. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe you need to buy a house. Uh, maybe you need another vehicle. But hey, God, I need you to move in my life. And so not only are we going to include the power of setting goals, but we're going to also include the power of involving God in it. Let me read you a verse. <clears throat> Excuse me. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Now, we spent a few weeks talking about vision earlier this year, and we talked about this verse. Where there's no vision, my people perish. All right, listen to me. If you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? What's a vision? A vision can be a goal. It can be a dream. It can be a hope. It can be an idea. But it's something in your life you'd like to see happen. And what it does is it creates direction in your life and it allows God to order your steps in your life, all right? If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time, amen? So it says, without a vision, my people perish. Now, here's what's interesting. The word perish, the, the book of Proverbs is in the Old Testament, and it's written in the old language of Hebrew. And so if you'll get a book about Hebrew, you can look and find out what words mean. Well, I looked up the word perish, and in the original language, here's what it says. It's like a woman pulling a pin out of her hair, and she has her hair up, and it's long, and she pulls a pin out of it, and her hair falls down her shoulders and down her back. Then imagine that she's outside, and there's a strong wind blowing, and that wind blows her hair every which way. Okay, it may blow her around her face or over the top of her head, but the wind blows it in every single direction. Okay, that's what it means to perish. It means to be directionless. In other words, as you move into 2020, if you don't have a vision, if you don't have any goals, if you don't have any hopes, if you don't have any dreams, then your life becomes empty and your life becomes directionless. And it says in Proverbs, you don't want to live like that that you want a vision. And if you have a vision, then you won't perish or your life won't be aimless. Let me read you another verse. This is Old Testament, and it's out of the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2.2. Listen to what it says. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision. We're gonna do that in just a moment. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. We're not gonna do tablets. We're gonna do paper that he may run who reads it. Listen to this verse one more time. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Now, what does the Scripture say? The Scripture says to take what's in your heart and get it out of your heart and put it on paper. It says in that verse to write it down and make it plain so you can read it and you can run with it, all right? That's a scriptural mandate, if you will, of what God's asking us to do, and in just a few minutes, we're gonna do it. Think about this coming year. What would you like to have God do in your life? 
What would you like to have God do in your marriage? What would you like to have God do in your business, your home, your job? I mean, all the areas of your life. Hey, if God said, you have my ear, and you do have it, tell me what you need this year, what would you say? We're going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a minute. Let me read you one more scripture. This is Hosea, again, Old Testament, Hosea 4.6. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priests for me. Because you've forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Now, there's a lot in that verse, and I know it. But what I'd like you to see is just the first sentence. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Listen, what you don't know can and will hurt you. Amen? Yeah, what you don't know will hurt you. What does it mean, lack of knowledge? It means you don't know where you're going. You don't know what you want. And so you just go aimlessly along. Well, in a few minutes, we're going to take an opportunity to write down, hey, God, I'd like for you to do this in my life. Now, let me share just a simple story. They've done studies that 80% of people have no dreams, no goals, none. 80%. Now, I don't know about you, but that's astounding to me. The people you work with, the people you rub shoulders with, most of them just live day to day. They don't have goals. They don't have dreams. But a lot of them don't have hopes. 80%. All right. Then they found out that about 14 or 15% do have dreams, do have goals. I believe that the majority of us in this room are in that 15%. You know know how I know you are? Because you're here. You got up this morning and came to church because you want something from God or you wouldn't be here. So about 15% of people have some goals. Then they found out out of that 15%, only about 4% write them down. Well, I'm going to put you in the 4% in just a few minutes. I'm going to hand you a card. I'm going to give you an opportunity to write down what you want from God. And you're going to instantly be in the top 4% of all people. That's good news. Amen. You're leaving a winner, amen? Now, here's the last thing they found out. Out of those 4%, only 1% regularly look at it and review it. All right, now don't miss this. 80% of folks have no dreams. About 15% do. Out of that 15, about 4 or 5% write them down. Out of that 4 or 5%, only 1% write them down and periodically look at them. Now, listen to this, and it's astounding. They have found out that people who take time to write down what they want and then periodically look at it and remind themselves that those people can make nine times more money in their lifetime than people who don't. Nine times more money. How'd you like to have a nine times raise in your life? Yeah, if your boss called you in tomorrow and said, hey, we're going to raise your salary by nine times. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be happy, wouldn't you? All right, people who write down what they want and periodically remind themselves of it, it says they have found out that they make more money. There's probably not a person in here who doesn't want to make more money. Now, listen to me. I have cards from years ago right up to this last year. And I keep my card on the visor of my pickup, and periodically throughout the year, I will pull it down and I look at it. And I do two things. 
I either read it out loud as a confession, okay? I just read it out loud to myself. Okay, I'm in the drive-in window at Sonic waiting on a cherry limeade with extra real cherries and put the cherries on top of the ice and not on the bottom. Amen? So I can take the lid off and I can eat them. And I don't want one. I want four or five. You know, some Sonics will get on the speaker and say, sir, they're 10 cents a piece. I got 50 cents. Put some cherries in there, amen? <clears throat> well, I'm, while I'm waiting in line for my cherry limeade, I will pull my card off my visor and I will just read it out loud to myself, right in the car. I'll just read it out loud. And whatever I've written on there, uh, Father, thank you that I live in a, in a free nation and that I'm, Ameri I'm an American. Thank you. Father, I'm thankful that uh, I have a great church I go to and a great church family. Father, I'm thankful that I live in Tulia. Father, I'm thankful that I'm a Texan. Father God, I'm thankful that I'm saved and going to heaven. Now, whatever's on there, amen? Just read it out loud. Now, the second thing I do is you can also make it a prayer. And so what I have written down that I want God to do, I will pray it. I don't just confess it, I pray it, all right? Megan and Kurt are getting ready to have a baby in April, and I have written on my card for this year that they have a good birth, everything goes well, and that we have a healthy baby. And so I would pray that. Father, I thank you that in April, as Megan has her third baby, that your grace is on her and your grace is on that baby, and I'm thankful, and I just pray it. And whatever's on my list, I pray it. So I confess it. And I pray it. Now, here's what happens. You know what I'm doing? I'm putting myself in the top 1%. <clears throat> because not only did I take time to write it down, I'm taking time to remind myself and look at it. Now, I don't do it every day. Sometimes I don't even do it every week. But periodically, I pull it down, I look at it, and I read it. And I remind myself of what God's doing. I want to encourage you in two things this morning as we move into a new year. Stir up an attitude of gratitude in your life and in your family. And turn on your faith. Turn on your expectation. And begin to think about, hey, God, this is what I want you to do in my life in 2020. Amen?